Welcome in to Locked On Knicks, or perhaps we should say Locked On eight wins straight. The Knicks notch their longest win streak since the 20 to 21 season and do it in dominant fashion, 132 to 94 over the Golden State Warriors. Gavin, what are we getting into in this one? Jalen Brunson's orchestration, Emmanuel quickly catching fire from three, Jericho Sims rebounding, and, and basically everyone else playing well along the way right now on Locked on Knicks. You are Locked on Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And I think we see Willis coming out. There he comes right now. All right, welcome in to Locked On Knicks. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. As the world's largest therapy service, BetterHelp has matched 3 million people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100% online. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash LockedOnNBA. And we want to thank you guys for making Locked On Knicks your first listen today and every day, whether you're checking us out on your favorite podcast platform or taking in the sights and sounds on YouTube. We appreciate you making us a part of your daily routine. I'm Alex Wolf. I'm editor-in-chief of Knicks site, The Strickland, which you can find at thestrick.land. And he is Gavin Shaw, your favorite play-by-play broadcaster's favorite play-by-play broadcaster. This is Locked On Knicks, and we are talking about the Knicks' big, big, big win, Gavin, 132 to 94 over the Warriors. Uh, when we were talking pre-show, I said to you, I was like, I feel like this one we're just going to have to bounce around a lot because – what are you going to really get into if you do a game recap of a game where they won by about 40? And I, I also said this on our little, uh, so I was on a, a locked on sports today with our mm. buddy, Peter Bukowski. Great show. And, uh, also did our little like locked on now video that we do after every game. And uh, my main thing was like, yeah, you can, you could try to diminish this game by saying like oh but Steph Curry was out and Andrew Wiggins was out and yes those things are true that said the Knicks have lost this season to much worse teams than this than the than the Warriors without those two guys the defending champs without the you know two of their better players so I'm still taking this the, the fact that they still looked as dominant as they did and the fact that they won their ace straight on national television when it would have been very easy to you know, just kind of roll over and kind of flub this game, returning home no less to, you know, that which has been kind of a weird place for the Knicks to play for not just this year, like the last couple of years. Uh, but I was thoroughly impressed once again by how they played. And it's kind of just a lot of the same themes we've been seeing during this win streak. Yeah, Alex, um, I, I think you can you can just look over um this whole winning streak, and that, that's a theme that applies, right? The only two games o- over these eight that they played against teams at full strength are Cleveland and Indiana, or I should say playoff teams at full strength, Cleveland and Indiana. And yet generally lots of NBA teams get easy stretches of schedule, right? Very few win eight games in a row. And it is because of a a defensive culture, a defensive consistency that is now been established on a night to night basis. 
And it's because the Knicks, I mean, you, you, you talked about it a whole lot and that went over the Pacers, right? They have three legitimate game-changing players right now in R.J. Barrett, Julius Randle, and Jalen Brunson, and essentially the perfect cast of role guys to fill in every little blank. Um, I'm going to take a victory lap on Quentin Grimes. I'm going to continue to do it. Like we think there's a million different places we can start, but the guy just, he, he allows Jalen Brunson to do what he does. And he allows RJ Barrett to do what he does by guarding the toughest defensive player night in and night out. I mean, today it was, it was a lot of chasing Jordan Poole around and sure Poole hit his shots. He had a success. Grimes committed a few stupid fouls, but this is a guy who's coming off a 43 point game against the Raptors and Grimes pretty consistently held him in check while hitting super tough threes on the other end of the floor, attacking closeouts, play in and play out with, with vigor previously unknown to mankind. And there are, there are all these stats out there about how RJ has gotten hyper-efficient uh, since Grimes has entered the starting lineup. And, and this was something uh, I heard Nikias Duncan point out on the Dunker Spot podcast. This was something our guy DJ Zulo uh, pointed out on Twitter. Um, the fact that RJ doesn't have to guard the, heart, the toughest guy on the other team game in and game out um, and, and I, I say that not because Grimes was, was the main fixture or the main point of this game, but to me that that's just a little, it's a microcosm of why this team is working, why everything is clicking right now. The stars are allowed to go be stars because everyone else on this team is filling in every little gap for them. And in turn, those stars are encouraged like Julius Randle specifically to, to play harder and get in the muck with those other guys and, and, and play with that same infectious effort in every facet of the game and and it's it's obviously it's working to perfection for the Knicks yeah it's so funny two of those two of those things even came up when I did uh locked on sports today Mm -hmm. you know when I was when I was asked like what has led to this win streak you know there's a lot of different things and I think most of it comes down to like if you want to look at it at the most macro level possible it's like like tough closeouts tough defense on one end finally making some threes on the other end and sharing the ball you know those are like the two like big overarching things but that defense it's so interesting because it's like maybe there's a bit of a chicken or the egg thing here is it like did randall motivate himself and then in turn some of these other guys i think i'm more inclined to believe what you said it's like if you've got a guy like quentin grimes out there busting his butt every single play on defense it's tough not to also want to like cover up for your teammate there. You know what I mean? Or like not cover up, like not make your teammate cover up for you all the time, I guess. I should yeah. say. And, 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 when, and when they need it, cover up for them. It's, it's both, right? Yeah. It's a little bit of both. Like, like if Grimes is playing great defense, but someone still manages to get by him, you want to be like, oh man, he deserves that. Yeah. So, like, I, got, me, I got your back. Just like let me run me. in and play good help defense here. And I know that you'll rotate out to my man because this is what we've established. And you can say the same for Mitch too. You know, Mitch is one of the guys that consistently is always, you know, giving his all on defense and, and playing like the, the uh, emergency valve, you know, at the end that can, you know, kind of stop a, a guy that gets by, you know, the first layer of defense, but that first layer is better than it's ever been. And I, the other thing that I had brought up too, is like this shortened rotation with RJ now spending more time with the second unit because the shortened rotation dictates that someone needs to, I think that that's been really helpful too, because just like what you said with Grimes being able to, you know, kind of take the other team's best defensive assignment and take a little bit off of RJ's load there where RJ then will maybe be taking the second best perimeter player out of the starters. When he's in there with that second unit, he can take the third best perimeter player a lot of the time because you've got Deuce and Quickly out there. 
that both are playing that hounding style of defense that leaves RJ to like a much easier defensive assignment, which is I think why, or part of the reason why he's been able to thrive so much as sort of that leader of the second unit and expend so much energy kind of being there like alpha there. There's so many things to point to, you know, it's just like we're getting to the point now where we're actually starting to be able to look at this and be like, okay, this isn't just a small little blip of the season anymore. This is now a 10th of the season. Like what are things that we can take out of this? And, and so it's pretty cool to be able to sit here and like, analyze these things on this level and be like wow i mean this is not an uh, an insubstantial uh win streak here you know this is this is real deal stuff and they're starting to do some stuff that even you know if they eventually lose a game which they will at some point or another uh at least i think so (laughs) uh you know once they once they eventually lose a game or two there's there's definitely stuff here that's been established as long as they don't let that loss eventually rattle them they're going to have a really good foundation here, I think, going forward for the rest of the season. Yeah, so I mean, I, I think it's all, it's a good time to look ahead, and and, and to me, where, where the Knicks can set up a really premier matchup this Sunday. Now, I, I think odds are they they probably lose one of the next two games just because Toronto, even though it's at home, and, and the Raptors, man, they're really going through it right now. I saw they played Pascal Siakam forty eight minutes the other night in a game that I I don't think went to overtime against the Warriors. Maybe I'm wrong about that, but. But man, uh, but that team is is tough. They are long. Um, I I could certainly see the Knicks just having a bad shooting night, and 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 that being the one they lose. Uh, but then they get a Chicago team where, and it's it's hard to beat a team three straight times in, in a little over a week. But man, they they just have the Bulls number right now. There's a world where you you walk into that Christmas game, that Christmas Day game against the Sixers, having won ten in a row, um, and Joel Embiid, James Harden, just just want to just want to rip your face off and, and just want to put a stop to it and say nope. Not again, not another one. Um, and, and that that crowd at MSG on Christmas, man, I, I obviously just in general, I'd want the Knicks to win the next two games, but I, I just want to see that scenario play out because that would be, I mean, it would be the, the biggest game the Knicks have played. Maybe maybe will be regardless um, since losing game five against Atlanta two years ago. Yeah, I, I it could be a real showdown that day i mean as as someone who loves uh watching the knicks on christmas even though it feels like they lose most of the time uh i certainly am, am looking forward to that game regardless if they're riding the 10 game win streak or not but you want to talk about a fever pitch i mean that things are going to be absolutely insane if they reach that point in fact i might be a little overwhelmed and uh maybe even a little anxious going into that game you know thinking that there's there's a lot about to be going on, and this makes it a perfect time to remind everybody that today's show is brought to you by BetterHelp. And BetterHelp is a, a great service uh, that it, it offers you an opportunity to get the help that you need without having to necessarily go through some of the steps that can make therapy uncomfortable sometimes. You know, life doesn't always come with a user manual. So when it's not working for you, it's normal to feel stuck. Navigating any of life's challenges can make you feel unsure, whether it's a career change, a new relationship, becoming a parent. Therapists are trained to help you figure out the cause of challenging emotions and learn productive coping skills, which makes therapy the closest thing to a guided tour of the complex engine called you. BetterHelp has connected over 3 million people with licensed therapists. It's convenient and accessible anywhere, 100% online. 
As the world's largest therapy service, BetterHelp has matched 3 million people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100% online. Plus, it's affordable. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to match with a therapist. And if things aren't clicking, you can easily switch to a new therapist anytime. It couldn't be simpler. No waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless searching for the right therapist. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash locked on MBA. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on MBA. All right, and we're back on Locked On Knicks, and we want to thank you for making Locked On Knicks your first listen every day. Make sure to check out Locked On Sports today as your second listen. I'm on there today. You, you can't get enough out. No excuse. That's the place to be. The biggest stories around the sports world in 20 minutes or less, plus instant reactions, game recaps, and Locked On's take of the day. Locked On Sports today, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Gavin, I wanted to, uh, to kind of give a shout out to something again we're sort of just bouncing around here there's a lot to be excited about right now one thing that stood out to me in this game is something that was a smidge different and maybe i'm mistaken maybe there maybe there was another instance where this lineup has uh been seen before but it was the first time i really noticed it and paid attention uh mitchell robinson and jericho sims sharing the floor hmm. for a minute and uh hartenstein and Sims have been sharing the floor quite a bit lately. That's with Obi out. You know, uh, Sims has kind of fit into those minutes. And also, Randall, I think, has taken a little bit of what Toppin was playing previously. But, you know, you're, you're seeing Sims out there with Hartenstein. And Hartenstein, you know, he hasn't been shooting much this year. And he hasn't been shooting well this year. So it's probably for the best that he's not kind of utilizing the floor stretching quite as much this year. But, you know, there's at least some semblance of a stretchy player at the five with Hartenstein out there with Sims. So you could sort of say like, all right, maybe that's why it's working except then Sims and Mitch were out there. And I was like, when I saw that them both on the floor, I was like, Oh, all right. What are we about to see here? And surprisingly, and look, you know, take the level of competition into, into account. I think James Wiseman was on the floor for the warriors at that time, which, you know, he's obviously had his struggles, since uh, getting drafted and and you know now playing in the G League this year as a as a second overall pick and all that good stuff, but uh, you know it, it, I still thought the Mitch and Sims alignment looked pretty good. Like maybe it's just because they're both lob threats. They're both like elite, elite, elite rebounders, and like two of probably the best offensive rebounders maybe in the entire NBA. But, Alex, I literally sorry to interrupt. I just looked it up. Yes. So Sims doesn't qualify, but per 36 minutes, Mitch is third in the NBA. Sims is fourth in the NBA in offensive rebounds. There you go. Two top five offensive rebounders. Yeah. If you go by per 36, I mean, it seemed to work weirdly. And, and you know, it Sims has been pretty adept at sticking with whoever the other team's four is. And I mean, that meant at some points with the second unit there, like guarding like Kamenga, who's, I mean, He's a quick dude. He's he's like more of a wing, you know, the way that he moves and the way that he handles the ball. And yet, and yet Sims was keeping up with him. I, I think, I mean, look, I'm not I'm not advocating that this should happen all the time, but just like we always say, like, oh, if you if you want to play speedball for a couple minutes, maybe you should look at Randall and Toppin. Like, if the Knicks just need to get some boards and play some defense, 
maybe this two-man alignment is worth looking at sometimes, which is not something I ever thought I'd say if if you had told this to me like two months ago. I, I think it's, it's, it's funny that this lineup came out against the Warriors because in some ways it's giving them a taste of their own medicine. Because for years, the way teams guarded Steph and Draymond were they were saying, all right, we are just not um, going to guard or, or just Draymond by himself. We're, we're just not going to guard him, right? You can't really shoot. You look like you have a backpack on every time you take a three. Go ahead, shoot a million. And Draymond said, all right, that's fine. I'm literally going to go screen for the greatest shooter of all time. And because you're sinking off of me, you're not going to have a help defender to step up. And, and the Knicks can weaponize that same phenomena with Jericho Sims because when he's standing on the perimeter, obviously no one is going to respect it. But then he can go up to RJ Barrett and be like, hey, it's going to be two on one. And RJ can either pop for a three or get to the rim. And, and we saw that a couple different times today where RJ drove. Um, then Sims's defender and RJ's defender converged. RJ missed a tough shot at the rim. One time Sims got a put back dunk. Another time Sims saved it from going out of bounds, passed it to RJ, and RJ kicked it out to IQ for three. It, it is creating mismatches. It's creating scrambles. I think over time and, and playing better teams, you're going to see adjustments that, that make it very, very difficult for those lineups to be tenable. M more so Sims and Mitch just because you can really squeeze that. While with Hartenstein, I mean, we saw it today where um, the Knicks used him finally what we've been begging for all season right in a short roll situation where iq drew two defenders he's using every shot little slip pass to hartenstein hartenstein drive uh dump off to sims for a dunk so hartenstein gives you a little bit more flexibility mitch and sims not so much because neither of them can really create neither of them are super comfortable with the basketball although sims maybe in a couple of years will be there but what's really exciting alex is those two are just so dominant on the offensive glass you you put them with someone like rj whose greatest skill is even if he misses it's impossible to keep him away from the bucket. You are just going to get scramble situation after scramble situation. You're either getting open dunks or you're getting one of Emmanuel quickly or Quinn Grimes or Deuce McBride, all of whom are just draining right now wide open from behind the arc. So it, it's kind of this, this perfect synergy. And we, we were talking about a pre-show you have in that lineup, you have right now the best offensive rebounding center in the NBA, Mitchell Robinson and the best offensive rebounding power forward in the NBA in Jericho Sims. So it, it just, it's kind of unfair for our opponents. Yeah, speaking of things that are unfair, Emmanuel quickly when he's shooting as well as he did mm. in this game, pretty unfair. Uh, although perhaps maybe my favorite play from quickly was uh, they had Steph Curry briefly on commentary, I think in the second quarter. Yeah, the second quarter. Mm -hmm. And uh, they, <laughs> like right as he was getting on commentary, the Knicks were bringing the ball up the floor and quickly just threw this like laser beam of a pass to Jericho Sims and Steph was just kind of like a little slack jawed <laughs> looking at it. Like you could tell that that even impressed. Him. He was like, uh. <laughs> and yeah. of course, you know, the announced team also had to be like, Oh, look at Jericho Sims. And Steph was just like, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and he was like openly cheering for his team too, obviously on the thing, but it was just kind of funny seeing his reaction, but it quick had a great game. I mean, 22 points. He leads the Knicks in scoring. I can't believe we haven't really talked about him. Uh, yet so far, but six of ten shooting, five of six from three, five of five from the free throw line, uh, and I this is this is the ideal version of him, right? I mean, if he's shooting this well, he's he's amazing. I mean that that's been the whole thing this year, and that was you know I there was uh, what was it last week, week and a half ago, you know when I was like ah you know I don't know like I'm starting to get a little worried about the fact that the shooting isn't coming around. You know, a game like today makes me be like, well, shut up, idiot Alex from a week and a half ago. Like, yeah, he, he looks awesome. Like, 
I mean, this is this is just sort of the ideal quickly game from the standpoint of pushing the pace, making his open shots, playing great defense. I mean, he he really did it all in this one, and, and making you know one or two flashy assists too. I I thought this was just like a banner night for him. Oh, I mean, I I think this version of quickly turns the Knicks into a team that could win a playoff series. I'm not, I still wouldn't bet on it just because who, I mean, unless they're a top four seed, even if they are a top four seed, whoever they're playing is still going to have quite a bit more frontline talent than them, but he completely transforms Alex, what the Knicks can do. And I want to talk more about that in just a sec, but first, you know, what's coming. If you're watching on YouTube, it's betonline.time, betonline.net is your number one source for your sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional an amateur league out there from pro football to college bowl season to basketball and World Cup. We've got it all at betonline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can find those at betonline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Um, when I did both those things, uh, I found uh, the New York Knicks just one point favorites against the Toronto Raptors at home. Uh, this is This is disrespectful at this point. The New York Knicks... Have won eight games in a row. Sure, are they due to lose? Sure, did I talk about earlier in this podcast how they maybe likely will lose? Okay, the Knicks are a far better team than the Raptors right now. They're at home. Hit the Knicks money line hard. Bet online. It's where the game starts. So with that, we are back on Locked On Knicks. Emmanuel quickly. This I I, I I'm I'm sure you would say the same thing, Alex. But the Knicks are a completely different team when. Not, not just when he's shooting like this, but when he's willing to take those shots, when he's willing to fire from distance with abandon. Because, I mean, today, and, and this, could be, this could be a whole podcast, this could be a whole part of the segment, but I, I brought up on Twitter um, the idea that are, are we sure Obi Toppin is going to be in the rotation um, when he's back healthy? Are, are we sure the Knicks might not be looking to trade him in lieu of quickly? And, and people rightly made the point like, hey, like this team has dropped, I think it's not 21 spots in bench scoring um, with Toppin out coming into tonight's game. Like they, they need that punch, even if they lose a little defense and that's fair, but quickly as kind of a one man engine on nights where he's shooting like this can make a big difference. And I, I noted it before, but I think putting him with, with a bunch of offensive rebounding talent really weaponizes him because it allows him to just hit those relocation threes. And, and we saw him tonight really aggressive about seeking those out. I mean, I already noted the one that he got, off Sims's rebound, but he had another one where he drove into the lane. Um, Draymond uh, stymied him, um, and, and then IQ said, "All right, like instead of forcing the issue, shooting a bad shot, which he's done at points this year, he just kicked it out to Grimes, ran back out behind the arc, cut the ball right back. Draymond didn't follow him, put a three uh, on the Warriors, and, and and then just some of the craftiness even inside the arc where he um, pumped uh, Anthony Lamb out of his shoes to draw a foul with a couple uh, with five minutes left in the third. Did the same thing at the end of the second quarter." Um, I, I'm going to, I'm going to do a throwback. Alex, he put lamb and booty jail at one point. We haven't gotten to say that in a while. Um, and hit one of his classic runners. So it, it was just one of those nights where everything was working for the New York Knicks. His, his final three was just, uh, taking advantage of Jericho Sims and drop over and over again. He made the right decision was super aggressive and the Knicks are a different team when he plays like that. Yeah, they certainly are. And they're a different sort of team when they're moving the ball, the way that they, have been during this win streak as well. I, I was kind of curious about this because when when I saw the leaders, the statistical leaders flash during the game at one point, it said uh, like Brunson at the time, I think was leading score with 21. This is like pretty late in the game. Hmm. RJ had five assists and Randall had whatever he ended up with, 12 rebounds. And 
I looked at that assist number and I was like, oh, weren't they just talking about like how many assists the Knicks have in this game? And it's like a fairly high number. And that, how does that jive? You know, that, that RJ's got five assists to lead the team. Well, they did end up with 27 assists for this game. And yet, yes, RJ did lead the team with five assists, although it was a three-way tie also with Brunson and Randall. So much for the mid three, maybe midway between 10 assists each. Um but so those three end up with five each, but then you have Grimes with four assists as well. Uh, Hartenstein with three and two of which were like just insane. It, yeah. it made, it, it made them call a uh, uh, Hartenstein. Uh, what was it? Jokic. Jokic of the East. Yeah. Jokic of the East, Jokic light, whatever else, like on the broadcast, quite a, quite an interesting uh, comparison there, but I mean, the passes, the one was just this like laser beam to Quentin Grimes, like almost like three quarter court, maybe even, maybe even slightly more than three quarter court. Yeah, it was insane. Just yeah. a crazy. And like in traffic, it was like, it was like if, uh, you know, like Peyton Manning in his prime mm. was throwing it out to Quentin Grimes. Yeah. The hand, the hand was up. It just, it went right, right through it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Just like perfectly placed. And then another really nice heads up off a uh, jump ball. Just heads up play. This one was more like Kevin Love esque, I think, like mm. prime Kevin Love. Just head up immediately and saw Deuce streaking down the other end, threw it to him and went for an easy Deuce dunk. I guess my overall point with all this is just like so 27 assists is, is a very impressive number in that that would rank tied for fifth in the NBA this year, uh, in in assists per game, like by team, which the Knicks are not. I don't think currently going into this game, going into this game, they were 24th and averaged 23 assists per game. So like that's a pretty market improvement for them. But I think it's even more impressive that this wasn't just like a game that Jalen Brunson got like, you know, 11 of those or whatever. I think this game was maybe one of the greatest testaments so far to the fact that the Knicks are just kicking the ball around like crazy. And no matter who it is now, they're like, they always have their head up and they're always like, okay, do I shoot or do I pass? And everybody is making those quick decisions that we used to lament like, oh, if only Julius could do this or if only RJ could do this or whatever. Mm -hmm. It seems like they've kind of all just had that like click light bulb moment all at once. And I, I thought that this game with how that assist distribution played out was just kind of a, a fun little statistical way of of illustrating what we've kind of been seeing on the court so far during this yeah. week. No, I think I think it's a great point. I mean, I, I want to run through all three of those guys because, because what, what what they did tonight, what they continue to do is is special. And it, it starts with Jalen Brunson. And I remember when when the Knicks signed him, uh, my my big question was, I mean, outside of his defense, obviously, was how is he going to be able to calibrate the scoring versus the playmaking is, is getting getting to be with Luka Doncic he, he didn't really have to do that um at the NBA level and I mean this is he, he's 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 just an absolute assassin and in all these games his ability to turn the tide like the second another team has has just the glint of momentum like like Jonathan Kuminga had this big dunk in the second quarter and then the next the next three plays for for Jalen Brunson were a floater um and before that he had hit a he had hit a wide open three and then um mitch came up to set a ball screen um and then th this was this was just this was chris paul-esque from jalen brunson he basically redirected 
um, Mitch to to dive to the rim, fake the little dribble handoff with Grimes, got around his guy, drew Mitch's guy, and then just dropped it off uh, to Mitch for a dunk. And, and it, w- it was that over and over again. Like he had another one where he got middle, um, just baited Draymond to step off of Julius Randle. And, and then in, in the past, like earlier in the season, the past, not like years ago, that would have ended with Brunson doubled. He would have kicked it out to Randall. Randall would have pump faked, pump faked, two dribbles to the elbow, contested elbow jumper, clang. Instead, Randall immediately recognizes that Green was not looking his direction, cut off of it, got to the rim. Um, Brunson hit him and one layup. So it's it's the fact that that Jalen is is tearing people apart. But off of that, all these other guys are hyperactive and, and wanting to leverage it. And, and and that is that is at the most basic level the secret to a successful NBA offense. It, it, it's an orchestrator um, that that draws the attention of the entire defense, and and then it's teammates who who can punish that either with their gravity or with their activity, and ideally both. And and, and the Knicks are again not against great competition, but they're 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 at the apex of that at least tonight. Yeah, and speaking of gravity and activity, I think we're seeing quite a bit of that out of Deuce McBride suddenly, mm. who seems to be kind of finding his his three-point shot here. Uh, he ends up going, what was the total in this one? I just He's added four for three. seven from the field and then from three, two for five. Two for five from three. I mean, I thought that he did a really good job of, of a lot of times with the second unit in this game, and I know they kind of – alternate this depending on the game depending on how the wind blows but it seemed like quickly was deferring to him a lot in this game to kind of bring the ball up and and set the offense up probably in an effort to find quickly more spot up looks considering how great quickly was shooting in this game and i thought that it worked a great effect and i thought that mcbride made really good choices did a good job setting the offense up uh more specifically you know again was making his three-point shots you know just Making a couple of those is going to make all the difference in the world for him because the second that he starts getting a little more respected out there, you know, even if I'm not totally confident, even though, okay, physically, I think that McBride has the ability to get all the way to the rim and, you know, do some stuff, but he clearly still does not feel great about that yet, sort of like how quickly he didn't for a while. Mm-hmm. But similar to how quickly he used to have his floater, McBride has that really killer mid range game. And so, I would love to see, you know, if he starts getting respected from three, he might have a pretty nice little like one dribble step inside the the three point line, you know, pull up mid range shot that he could go to, which isn't efficiency wise the best thing in the world. But put in a position where you've got someone closing out super hard on you, it's it's a good open shot rather than a super contested three. So something to keep an eye on. I don't know, but I I've really been liking how he's playing and. You know, I think over his last five games or so, he's been shooting a decent amount better. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, it looks like so his last last four games prior to this one, he was one for five, two for two, oh for one, one for four. So still not like fantastic. But, you know, if he can even just shoot like 32% or something this year with room to get better, I, I think it portends pretty well for his future and, and, you know, for his ability to stick around because he's just such a good disruptive defensive presence that, I mean, I don't necessarily want to put him on the level, a Marcus smart or something like that, but the effect is similar in that 
his defense is so good that even if he's a low 30s three-point shooter, it doesn't really matter because he just has to do just enough for you on the offensive end to make up for, you know, for lacking there enough to like say, okay, that the stellar defense is enough to still keep him out there. And I think he's well on his way towards that right now. Yeah. I mean, after a one for 17 start for three this year, he's uh, eight of his last 22. So that's, that's 36%. If he's 36% on high volume and not afraid to shoot him to your point, that, that is, that is more than enough for him to find a lot of success. But yeah, Alex, before we finish, I just I just wanted to touch one final time on on Randall and RJ Barrett uh, because I I just thought this was another game where neither of them shot the the lights out, but they did everything you can possibly ask them to do. Um, and for Julius, part of it is sometimes what he doesn't do, like just he, he's getting so much more respect as a shooter now. Like he like Jalen Brunson literally got a wide open three when Randall um, set a screen for him because. They they went under um, because they didn't want Brunson to get into the lane. And Randall's defender basically stuck on him um, because he didn't want Randall popping out for a wide open three. Um, and then just little plays defensively. Um, like he, he he just jumped high to deflect this clay pass that that kicked out um, to a turnover and a, and a transition attack for the Knicks. Um, and, and just little like smart plays all over the floor. Like, right? We talked about that backdoor cut already, um, his physicality going after Draymond Green, drawing a foul on him, then hitting a turnaround over Draymond, attacking mismatches with Ty Jerome. Like he, he had one where he got just a running floater on him near the end of the second quarter, um, pivoting into a dribble handoff when the Warriors would, would drop off him. And it was the same phenomenon I'm talking about with Sims and RJ, where it's like, all right, if you're not going to guard me, I'm just I'm going to set up Jalen Brunson for a wide open three. Um, and, and then and then one final one that I, I really loved um, – He's he's just playing really well in space defensively. There's a play where RJ got, I think it was third quarter. RJ got caught up on a screen, um, and, and Jordan Poole was curling wide open to the rim. Draymond Green had the ball, and, and this was just great IQ from Randall. Instead of like sticking with Draymond or, or just kind of throwing his hands up in the air and be like, "All right, it wasn't my fault. It was RJ's fault." He just sunk back onto Poole, um, took away that, and dared Draymond to take a long two, and Draymond didn't, and RJ recovered, and it was it was just it, it was just a savvy savvy play. Um, and then RJ Barrett, like it was, it was very similar with him this game where, where you can tell, like it, it might just be from again, not having to guard the best guy on the other team. Um, there was a stat out there. Quinn Grimes is the highest matchup difficulty in, in the NBA since he's gotten into the starting lineup. Um, and so RJ his his load is lighter and you could tell he's just, his legs are at a different place. Like had this ridiculous Euro and one on Anthony Lamb where it was like, all right, that was, that was vintage RJ. And then in the third quarter had a personal eight to two run. Where it was it was just him being like spry and attacking the rim when there was an opening, and and then his touch is just so much better. Like he had, he had a play where he just kind of worked Ty Jerome down to the rim and and put in a hook shot off the glass, and just not a shot he would have hit earlier in this year. So I can go on and on and on, Alex. There's a million more examples for both those two guys, but it's they they are transformed as players, and it, it circles back to my opening point. I, I think everyone else on on this team is making their lives as easy as possible. And, and give all the credit in the world to RJ and Julius because they're, they're stepping up to the plate and saying, all right, like you, you guys are giving me the chance. I'm, I'm going to play my butt off regardless of how I shoot. I'm going to make smart plays and I'm, I'm, it's, it's going to lead to a whole lot of winning. Um, and that, that is what has happened. All right. And with that, uh, that'll be it for this edition of the Locked On Knicks podcast. We'll be back tomorrow night after the Knicks play the Toronto Raptors. Uh, hopefully talking about nine in a row. But until then, he's Alex. I'm Gavin. We'll talk to you soon on Locked On Knicks. Peace out.